Matt. We're an interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to our friendly world. Better, stronger, together. called Jen on uh, Friday just because I wanted to make sure I said something in reviewing the conversation I was like hmm hope I didn't annoy her with that and I didn't I didn't think I had but it's always best to have explicit conversations with people particularly people you like and want to stay in contact with because sometimes things just go sideways and you don't know but yet maybe if you had asked a question or let or told them that you valued them etc etc that these things wouldn't happen but anyways, <clears throat> so, you know, we, we, I wrapped up what I had to say. She wrapped up what she had to say. And then, she, and then I was like, okay, well, have a good weekend. She's like, yeah, I'm going to quote you. And she said, be well, Matt. <laughs> Which shows many things. It shows, A, she was paying attention. And B, it, it shows that, uh, you know, she values me. Yes. And also acknowledging that you are the one who said that that you know you know how people steal your stuff <laughs> what are you talking so about? she acknowledged that it came from you i like that that point speaking of giving credit where it's due i give credit and acknowledge the ancient isa zulu greeting and that's what we're going to talk about today sawubona sawubona is a greeting in south africa sawubona is the zulu word for how we say hello or in India, how we say namaste. Namaste is way deeper than hello, because it's essentially saying, I see the light in you. But do people use it just as a hello? Like a hey, yeah. Namaste. I mean, how do they say yo? I don't know, but everywhere we went, people of all ages will greet you with namaste. I didn't know what it was when I was first there. Mm -hmm. And I was used to mean kids in the United States. <laughs> So when all these kids were like laughing and smiling oh and saying namaste, I thought they were making fun of me. Do you know what I mean? I had no idea what it meant. Oh dear. And then when I found out, I'm like, oh my God, do you see the amount of pain that I feel? I don't even realize that if some kids are smiling and laughing and saying something to me, kids I've never met. Mm -hmm. And because they're laughing, I think they're making fun of me. This was a, the child in me. Right. Thinking that. Being so ignorant of a culture or a word because of my own pain. Thinking it's malicious. And also unwilling to come at it from a complete point of naivete. Did you know that they're saying now that even a smiley face in a text can be sarcastic? Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> I mean, I've always viewed because, you know, when you get a text or you use chat to communicate with your coworkers, I've always said that all the tone is positive, that there is no negative tone. Even when I'm like feeling very frustrated, but I'm still typing nice things, I'm like, there is no tone in an email. And so I'm always very careful to put flipping smiley faces in my text messages so people will know that I'm not unhappy. But see, this is why it's never out of style or out of date to use 
your words and to choose your words and make sure that you express yourself with words so you can explain, I am feeling this way rather than just getting to business with a text. That's why, you know, like periods of years ago became out of date. So if you put a period at the end of something or a question mark, it means you're yelling. So people... <laughs> Seriously? Oh my God, this good, was years ago. Good grammar ago. means I'm yelling? Well, this was years ago. Yeah, things change, oh, you know, dear. different um, different generations will change the rules. So with texting, if there's ever a period at the end, I don't know if they're still feeling this way, but... <laughs> If you put a period or a question mark when you're asking something, it means you're yelling something is wrong, that you're really pissed off, right? So then I stopped using exclamation points or, you know, well, not exclamation points, but punctuation is what I was trying to say. Um, but I don't think you can ever go wrong by using your words, choosing words to express what is going on. Or maybe I just Is that need- ever going to be out of date? Maybe I just need a new emoji, the non-sarcastic smiley. No, just forget the emojis. <laughs> we need to really learn how to communicate. Anyway, can we get back to saubona, please? Okay, we get into the meanings of words, the etymology and everything. Today, I just want to talk about the pure genius and love of saubona. Like I said, it's South African. It's the Zulu word for hello. It means we see you we see you that's what it is and it's a we not i so you're walking around i see you i'm walking around i see you matt i'm like saubona i'm saying we see you and why is it the we it's because it is we see you and by seeing you we bring you into being but the I is a connection to an ancient lineage of family and ancestry. With each one person that you meet, their family and ancestry is with them. Each one person you meet, you're meeting their family and you're meeting their ancestry, which means each one person is never alone. You are never alone. Not only are we meeting an individual, an individual person, we are meeting a lineage and we're giving respect to all of that. So they literally treat every single hello, almost like an engagement party where the families get together to, you know, wish well upon the couple, as it were, you know, they very much inside of a quote unquote simple greeting, they're really putting wow tons of energy on it but then what does it mean how do you greet someone that you don't like that you know you despise maybe we see you you're just seeing them we see you i'm not saying oh wow you're my best friend i like the sinister motive though too oh my god man we see you buddy (laughs) exactly we see you we see everything exactly and also but we see you in love we see you in light we see you in you know, friendship and happiness and wisdom, but like we see you. And then in seeing others, I mean, we always talk about this. We need to really know your inner Popeye, right? You need to know yourself. Do we see ourselves even? Yeah, I go back to your mother who 
takes great pride in saying that she does not acknowledge her heritage because she is American. She is white Anglo Anglo-Saxon. Is that how you say it? Yes, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant wasp. So she does not want to acknowledge any heritage other than she is American. Right. She was taught that from a very young age, though. She didn't. She doesn't really know very much about her heritage. And as a matter of fact, oh my goodness, they were actually told there was this big trunk in Norway with the Toriel name on it. And did they want them to ship it to them? And they didn't know what was in it. This was like, I guess, customs or God knows what. They wanted to ship them basically a big crate of maybe heritage it might have just been you know rusty uh, chains but you don't know and they said no so they destroyed it this is your family yeah this is my family good lord why that's that's a shame it, and it but, could see, be that, that there's something very very dark in the past I but that's just it that's that's the problem that i want to get into today is that by shifting focus by not really seeing each other by not even seeing ourselves, we're doing each other a great disservice. And that is why we are in the pickle that we are in, in our society today. You know, on all levels, in business, how do we see each other? How do we treat each other? Do we ignore each other? Yes. You show up with some crazy shirts every day <laughs> and no one will comment. Uh, lately, they've been commenting, but probably because you've sent hints to them. Well. Every Honestly, week. it's it's my coworkers from my previous job, and it's because we have a very frank, candid conversation together once a week, where I bring up exactly what I'm squirreling around with. But it's time for my polka dotted T-shirt. I should wear that on Monday. How does this happen in society? For example, we we don't want to see each other, and there are groups within society that we tend to shut away, like the elderly. Mm-hmm. Where are the elderly? Even the little kids shut away. Like women, women shut away not to be seen. Generations back, you heard the thing about children are not to be seen or heard, right? Yes. That's ridiculous. Right. Because they're ambassadors of love that come in. If anything, the elderly and the little, little kids have much to say because their message is pure because it's not muted by the rest of society their message is loud and clear but we put them away into different compartments where we can't see them they're not involved in things in the the middle part of society the major part of society i feel like i'm i'm jumping all over the place with what i wanted to say but i just want to reemphasize we see you and by seeing you, we bring you into being. And truly, do we see ourselves? When we see ourselves, we see others. And they see us. There's so many things. I, I, I wanted to make this a quick show today. but So I, I'm really studying the craft of children's picture books. And there was this one book we get to read. All the most amazing picture books. Picture books are the books that have beautiful illustrations with them and then they have uh, a message and it's meant for usually the parents read it to the kids mm-hmm. right so it's at the stage where like usually the, they're read to at night or something and it involves the parent and the child or whoever's reading 
and the child, right? Right. And then after that, then the the other stage after picture books are like early learning books, I guess. It depends. It depends on the child. But this is it's a it's an art form. There was this one book that I read this week that first of all, all these books are masterpieces, works of art. I don't care how old you are, guys, go get yourself lots of picture books just to have around the house because they all have the most brilliant, thoughtful messages of encouragement, of enlightenment. Just beautiful. So there's one one that kind of suits what we're talking about today with We See You, Sawabuna, is is, it's called They All Saw a Cat. This cat is walking around, has a little bell on its neck, and it's walking around and says the dog saw a cat and it shows the perspective of the dog how the dog sees this cat and the cat goes around you know throughout the day and these different animals see the cat mm-hmm. a bee sees a cat and the bee sees a cat of just like a kaleidoscope of shapes do you know what i mean yes because um, of his kind of fractally eyes Exactly. And if a human being sees the cat, you see this cute little fuzzy thing, right? right. A cute but little a mouse, cat. Ain't so cute fuzzy. Exactly. The mouse sees this vicious, the sharp claws, the sharp teeth, like very scary. The fish sees a cat. A fish sees a cat. Like they all see this one cat, but from their experience, this cat looks completely different. And it's such a beautiful message and it's like wow you can walk around the world and it's not about you depending on people's luggage and their experience everyone sees you differently so to be hung up on how am i seen by this person or this culture it's ridiculous because everyone has a different lens on it's true but you do have to understand how they may see you Thank you for saying that because when I say that to you, you're like, "Oh God, we're bringing, we're well, bringing race into this to again." Quote, to quote Ted Lasso, so Ted has these little army figures that his son gave him. That Ted Lasso, by the way, fantastic series on Apple TV. He has these little army figures that his son gave him, and his son said, "You know, put these around to help protect you." And so he attempted to hand it to one of the Nigerian players, and the Nigerian player picked it up, and he was so gracious. He was like, "Wow." Thank you, coach. But the American army means something very different to me. And he handed it back. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But it was all done without, you know, understood the spirit in which it was given and accepted it and then returned it with an explanation for why without being, you know, mean or ornery about it. Well, I'm not being mean or ornery about things when I bring up <laughs> race issues, Matt. But I think, I just think it maybe is is a touchy subject. Well, race in Do you America know what I is mean? a touchy subject. Well, yeah, but why didn't Ted Lasso get so offended by that? It's interesting. And that's what makes the the spirit of this character, Ted Lasso, so beautiful and loving. Well, he's he a, will. He accepts and honors other people's point of view or other people's feelings, right? Rather than trying to fight it and say, "No, we're not. <laughs> we're there to help you." You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk about how this happens in our society. For example, again, we can go back to Ted Lasso. There's a scene where one of the coaches 
who is brown, wants to get a seat at the table by the window at a restaurant. And they're like, sure, we can give you a reservation, but here in the corner where no one can see you. Right. And we, we had to pause and go, oh, my God, are they actually going to get into it? But they didn't. They did it in a different way. They talked about the issue being assertiveness. Right. But and, yeah. And also, the other thing was celebrity. Don't forget. Yeah. Because they said, because he's like, well, my, I'm friends with Roy, who's famous, right? And they're like, well, anytime Roy wants to come here, he can have a reservation. He can have the window seat. Yeah, he can have the reservation for the window seat. And so, and and they turn it into it's a it's about it's about assertiveness. So yeah, perhaps you have to to get over the hump of not being seen. You have to assert yourself. Well, you have to say, "See me." Exactly. You have to stand up. You have to make yourself you to, big. You have to prairie dog. Whoosh. But it's a touchy subject because if you make yourself big, then you're seen as threatening. So for a white woman to make herself big. That's how she is able to be seen. If I make myself any bigger, I'm a threat. Or how dare you? Who do you think you are? Do you know what I mean? It doesn't do. quite work. I do. So there's 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 a I don't know. There there's an an intricate art to this, to yes. being seen. Right. And for me it's even weirder because I'm six foot three. I've got now hair. I finally got long hair again. Yay for me. I've got long <laughs> hair and you know, I speak in a loud voice. So how am I not seen is well, the weirdness. You're seen, your group, your tribe, if you will, is seen because you are Caucasian and you are tall. You have blue eyes. So you, you're the main scene. You are. Okay. <laughs> As he gulps his coffee. <laughs> you were waiting for something but see, very profound. Why, well, no, it just seems like I'm telling you that and then you feel guilty. Don't feel guilty, but see me also and, and teach other people to see other things. So teach, teach in a very loving, very, very, very like soft way. Please spread the word around and have people see people like me. Right? Absolutely. And that's interesting. Going back to Ted Lasso again, this uh -oh, one particular here we go. episode. We're just going to zoom right here. Well, do you remember Roy was on the TV show and one of the other men on the panel was talking about he had he made the rude sexist comment about women drivers. Remember that? Yes. And Roy immediately shut him down and said something about the guy lost his license. Do you know what I mean? Right. He. Oh no. And he went for it. It was like, you yeah. lost your license because you were, you, you would, for drunk driving. And he said, no, it was my medication. He's like, oh, okay. Then this... Why did you, why did you go to the bathroom on yourself? No, is this I the mean, si same medication? Yeah. But you see in, in doing that, but that he did it in Roy way, you know, the Roy is very gruff, this character, but do you see what he did? He immediately without skipping a beat, stuck up for women right right but again he's someone else i mean there's so many on that show everybody knows who they are and maybe that's because the writers are brilliant maybe that's because they've written one-dimensional characters maybe that it doesn't matter they know who they are they have complicated and honestly i think they have complicated histories that you know we started to get into in like the last show but 
And look, look at what's happening in creating space for us to see these people, these characters. We're learning. True. It's a healing. And that's the beauty of art. That's the beauty of it. That's what I'm talking about. They're teaching people how to navigate, how to be, how to see. But we also need to be fully cognizant of our past and we need to honor it and we need to respect it at the same time. Because one of the things I immediately jump to when you talk about how, you know, we see you, we see all of you. Everybody always talks about, well, everybody, I get a lot of news from Britain, so that's what it is. But everybody always talks about how the queen will say, we are not amused. Uh-huh. And it's the regal we. Right. And now, whoosh, let's, let's flip that over on its end. It's because she has to always be aware of the fact that not only does she represent herself, she represents her country. And yeah, okay, everybody knows that. But she also represents her entire family, which includes like King Henry VIII, who was, you know, by all accounts, he was a complete, you know, He wasn't a bigamist, but my God, let's invent a church and let's decapitate our wives and so we can marry someone else. Wow. She has to also live under that. And everybody who meets her knows that. And each person has that same situation as the queen. Every single person in the world. And that's the beauty of Saubona because it is your entire lineage. And for me, you know, I don't like to go back to my, the family I was born into. And that's, I don't even say my family. I say the family I was born into because I had to completely cut myself off from the immediate people I was born into, Mm -hmm. which unfortunately for a while I had to completely cut myself off from my entire lineage to totally see myself and respect myself and honor myself and then get back into the lineage part, not just the Im- immediate people who hurt me, who severely hurt me, and were not ever going to change. And coming to the realization of that, once all that was healed for me, mm-hmm. I was about, you know, okay, I understand now the beauty of the lineage. And start with cooking, the beauty of Persian cuisine. And what it, what it truly means. That's why I cried when I saw that first Persian cookbook. I wept at the store because she was explaining the, the background of each recipe and why we do things. And how is it that we host one another? How is it that we welcome each other into our lives, into our homes? What is the meaning of this, this um, ritual? What is the meaning of this recipe truly? Where does it really come from? And how am I providing love? How am I providing this sacred space from this sacred, beautiful culture? I was ready to see that. It was safe for me to be that and have that behind me. And in doing that, I was even more open to seeing everyone else's and like how we said, how you said, Matt, all the good, the bad, and the ugly, the beautiful, all of it, the whole kaleidoscope, kind of like what the bee sees, right? Of every single person, like all of it. Right. And just respecting and honoring all of it. And this is what we're about, once again, with this whole movement that you and I are trying to create of friendship, the art of friendship 
really seeing each other. That's what we've said on every show. Mm -hmm. I see you. The power of that, the power of saying that changes. I remember the first time I, I heard it directed at me. This person didn't know me and said, Fawn, I see you. And I almost like my entire chemistry, my body chemistry changed Mm -hmm. immediately. And I wanted to weep because this white man said, I see you in a loving way. Right. As opposed to being in school and the teacher saying, I see you when I was trying to run away (laughs) out of class. (laughs) I remember Mr. Lamelli. I had ditched another class and I saw him coming. So I turned around and I started to quickly, like very fast walk, speed walk away. Mm -hmm. He said, Vaughn, I see you. (laughs) Man, I can, I can top that. I was like my high school across the street. There was a cemetery. Don't ask. Campus was locked down, but you could get out through the band room. And yes, it is my secret shame. I was in the uh, high school marching and, and concert band. Last chair trumpet, rock on. And we had there was a door that we could open that would get us out of the school. And then we'd have to run across the street to the cemetery. And then we were, quote unquote, safe. And one day, we were as we were cutting across the lawn, me and my buddy, Mrs. Callard, was like, Matt, Matt. And then she said, Matthew Anderson, where are you going? And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) completely caught, completely busted. Oh, man. See, Mr. Lomelli taught me the concept of people's backs. He said, don't you think I could recognize you from behind? He's like, so he went into this explanation He said, you know, someone has the it factor if you can recognize them in a crowd. And I was in a crowd, by the way. (laughs) And he didn't see my face. Mm -hmm. Like I turned around before he had an opportunity to actually see see me. So I thought if I turn around, he just won't recognize me. Right. And so this is when he made me feel special (laughs) because he he went on to say, you know, when you look at certain movie stars, looking looking at them throughout history, even You can always tell the person who has the it factor. If if you're looking at a crowd and you can recognize someone from behind, there's a a special Mm -hmm. uh, space, like orb around them, like a special force field around them. And actually everyone has this, but he was seeing me throughout the semester do you know what i mean i get it he was seeing my pain Mm -hmm. in 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 the drama of it all and so he truly saw me so he he could recognize me in a crowd of other kids and and that's what i'm talking about also it was like really seeing each other in all ways and recognizing one another the system is built in such a way that we don't see certain people. Like I was talking about, you know, we tend to take the elderly and shut them away. Right. The kids shut them away. People of color shut them away. You know, you want to talk about apartheid and the whole history of the United States, separate fountains, separate buses, separate schools, all of that. But if you really think about it, it's in business. It's still happening, not just with color, but certain people are not to be seen. We do it in our own homes. 
remember our very first three episodes we talked about this I talked about why there is this loneliness epidemic where does it really come from the art of friendship is lost where did that come from it comes from especially within our society now in the United States it comes from separateness like you grew up in a totally different household than I did Matt you all each of you had your own separate rooms right it was even worse because even my dad had a study and my mom had got sexist sewing room and then we all had our own bedrooms and and the kids were upstairs and the grown-ups were downstairs so within a home you had your own separate countries your own separate uh zones right and not to be entered by any other person it's yours and what was even weirder is like the living room, the quote unquote, we had a living room and a family room. My God, too many rooms. No, I never went in the living room. It was meant for a special. Unless we had company. Right, exactly. That's ridiculous. And, right. and my buddy Dale had something similar. I, I never went in his, I'm friends with him for years, never went in his living room. Ever, not even once. It was like kids weren't allowed. So think about that. How does that not create distance in society? If we grow up in a home like that in the United States, especially in the, in the 70s and 80s and probably the 90s, that's what that's how homes were designed. This is why even as an you know I'm an architectural photographer, I'm always interested in, oh my God, why are we designing like this? Why are you designing it like this? Well, and, and every single it seems like every single show that's a home remodel, we want to open up the dot dot dot. Yeah. We want to open up the kitchen. We want to open up. Break the, down the walls. Which is which is interesting. An open concept. So yes. perhaps that's a good sign, right? A, an open heart concept. But we're still doing it. You know, each each kid has their own toy. You know, I mean, now it's apparent because now we're talking about the structure of the home. But still, every child has their own room. And, oh, you don't. You, you sleep in the same room, like more than two kids, it, then there's a stigma right there with that. Right. Or like, even like um, when the kids are little, the concept of family beds. In many cultures, the family sleeps in the same bed. In the United States, everything is taboo because everything is assumed is sexual. Do you know what I mean? And it's not. Right. I mean, remember when the kids were little, we talked about this before, but when the kids were little, we had company over. And this was when we turned the bedroom. It was very, the the style of it was very Zen. It was very Japanese. All, everything is just one muted color. Mm -hmm. We all slept in the same room, not in the same bed, but in the same room. Like it was the sleeping room. And one of our guests was like, Ugh, how do you guys have sex? Like immediately, this person had never been to our home before. It was a party. And she announced this question out loud for the entire party. Right. Like, wow, you're obsessed with sex. So because she rudely like, like brought this microphone question about... <laughs> You know, something that is so personal and in front of the right. kids and everything. I mean, first of all, I have always been open with talking about everything with children, mm-hmm. but and I'm not ashamed of sex. And that that's not the point. The point is for her, it was a very 
secretive kind of a thing and it was it, it was just rude so I for the first time in my life did not wait a few months you had a snappy comeback I had a snappy comeback and I was so proud of myself because usually months later in the shower I will have Tourette's like this is what I should have said <laughs> but I immediately said wow sex must be kind of boring if you think it's only meant for the bed point or the for the bedroom <laughs> You know, like, absolutely. And also probably a good thing that we had, I think we had more than one bathroom because I could see them asking, oh my God, everybody goes to the bathroom in the same, please come on. But just, you know, let's take a look at that because now we're looking at rooms, right? And it's like, it's obvious like, okay, yes, we've opened up the kitchen. Now we have open concepts now in the way the American home is being designed. But in what ways are we not seeing that we are totally separate the nucleus of it all within our families. What are we doing that is creating separation that once we're out in society that translates into friendship because whatever you do in your family, whatever you do in your nucleus world translates to how you treat other people in society, i.e. friendship. How are we, what are our friendships like in the United States? It's very separate. Like this friend is my work friend separated well yeah I this friend I is totally my friend compartmentalize from... things well but you're you're a computer programmer and that's how your brain works you have to to survive well when to you start like code about survival, you're some... right and actually i am slowly peeling the onion with some people but, but like you have to shut off a certain thought to come up with a b c d one two three whatever you're typing that creates a code that makes things happen i can't imagine bringing in whatever's happening in your life into well no it's an art never mind i don't know what i'm saying right because you use life experience to create anything including code correct that is true it's it's because i've made so many mistakes or i've seen others make so many mistakes that you know knock on wood i can avoid a lot of mistakes of course they keep inventing new mistakes so but like think about it we have separate schools we have private schools, we have public schools, we have schools for the artistic minded, if you're rich enough to put your child in that kind of school. Right. You have Montessori, you, like there are all these separate things. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it happens in business and it happens in families. And I want to talk about all that within all of our shows. Obviously, that's what we've done the past year. I want, I want us to really look at that. So when we see each other, really seeing each other mm -hmm. that by spending time with people. So coming out of your rooms, coming out of your whatever separate compartment you've been put in or you're, you're putting yourself in coming out of that, spending time with people, it allows us to appreciate their lives. So if you're seeing someone outside of your social bracket, is that what it's called? Social, social circle outside of your social circle, someone that looks totally different from you, someone mm -hmm. of a completely different culture, someone f with a completely different skin color than you, someone that has a wildly different experience of life than you. If you truly see them, you're appreciating that life. You're appreciating that, that person, their existence, and you can see the deep value in all of life. That's why people who spend time with animals tend to become vegan. You're appreciating the value of all life and you understand 
you come to an understanding. That's it. <laughs> Fair enough. You have nothing to say? Well, you just wrapped it up so nicely. I feel weird trying to add something to it. So we're not going to add? See, I have a, folks out there, if you ever talk to me on the phone, which you can if you email us at, if you just email us at ourfriendlyworld.com. But if you ever get on the phone with me, I can never hang up. You will always be the one that says, okay, bye. <laughs> and I will wait for you to hang up. So it's so hard for every episode for me to just say, okay, that's it. I always end up talking. We talk about this all the time. I think it's my culture. Like I always say, like Persian people have parties that last until six in the morning. And it's not because we're drunk. Well, we are rowdy and drunk sometimes, but, um, you don't, it's hard to say goodbye. So when you, when you say goodbye, the party follows you to the door to greet you at the door again, to like wave goodbye but there's another party happening at the door that will last another minimum 30 minutes of goodbyes. You can't just say bye. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> so it's hard for me to end. So seriously, nothing else? Are we, that's it? All right. I will end with this, though. When you are walking down the street, Saubona, we see you. The response to that is yes, we see you too. So yes, we see you too. We love you. Thank you for listening. Talk to you in a few days. Be well.